Amen. Appreciate that. Luke chapter 2. If you grab your Bibles, join me in Luke chapter number 2. There's a Bible there in front of you in the pew. If you'd like to join us, if you don't have one of your own, we certainly like for you to find your spot. Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick up in verse number 6 of the Christmas story. We've been doing a series on Consider Christ this month of December as we think about Christmas and building up to it tonight or this morning, excuse me. We'll look at a journey with the shepherds and uh, uh, we'll start out by reading of the account of Mary giving birth, and then the shepherd's visit. Luke chapter 2, we'll pick up in verse number 6, if you'll join me there. And without hesitation, let's get at it. Verse number 6. And so it was uh, that while they were there, speaking of Mary and Joseph, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swathing clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We'll stop there for the present moment. And a few day, weeks ago, I, I said this, and I think it is so very true, and I trust we'll wrap our minds around it. It kind of sets the table for our, our thought, our study this morning. The Christmas story, as we come to know it, as we've read part of it, is certainly Jesus' story. But my friend, this morning, God in heaven, Jesus Christ himself, desires it to be much more. You see, this story ought to be your story. You see, it's not a story to be left in the pages of this holy book. It's not a story just to be enjoyed once, uh, one month out of the year, uh, to be enjoyed from afar, to, to marvel at it with little impact and little involvement on our part. Every time we read this story, and certainly many times it happens over the Christmas season, you and I ought to be moved. Yea, we are called to place ourselves next to the shepherds on that hillside so long ago. To hear the proclamation of the angels that night. Not a proclamation not just for those Jewish sheep herders, but a proclamation for all people everywhere. I said it either last week or week before. I'm grateful that the Christmas story, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not exclusive, it's inclusive. For whosoever, that all the world should hear. That's his heart. That's God's desire. You see, just as the angels invited those shepherds to the manger to participate in the greatest event in all of history up until that moment, so you and I are invited to come and see, to come and taste, to, to come and know. On that night so long ago, God opened the doors to this one event for the ages. First to those gathered a few there on that hillside, but from then on to people everywhere. You see, you might have considered it before, but as we consider Christ and the story of His birth before us, I want you to note that the story of the shepherd actually presents a good microcosm of the Christian life. 
What do we mean by that? Well, it starts with an unbelievable event, doesn't it? Uh, uh, Proclaimed to them in the unlikeliest of times, in the unlikeliest of places. Quite unimaginable to these common folk. The makings, we would say, of a great fantasy. But this was not a fantasy. It was not make-believe. It was the eternity-altering truth from the very hand of God. Proclamation for all time. It started for those shepherds with the life they knew being, being shattered. What they perceived to, to be another normal night couldn't have been farther from the truth as it was fantastically interrupted by first one angel and then a marvelous and wonderful chorus of angelic voices. Could you imagine with me? What those shepherds went through, what, what they experienced, and uh, as all was quiet, and even as the hymn describes, maybe all was calm. And then wham, in the sky, all those angels are first the one angel, and then the other angels join them, and the adrenaline rush, the chaos in their minds of what is happening. We don't know, the scriptures don't tell us exactly, but we don't know how many shepherds there were. What if some of the shepherds were asleep? That's quite the alarm clock, Amen. Uh, you can imagine what ha- many of us have gone through similar things for us as parents boy um, have you ever woken up uh, to a sick child uh, stomach flus going around yay a couple weeks ago we were fast asleep and all of a sudden all the earmark i won't go into great description uh, but all the earmark sounds of a little person in the restroom tossing their cookies came to our ears with thankfully the cry afterwards of mommy Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, one did say daddy. But anyway, <laughs> Erica did a great job taking care. Uh, boy, that just, that just boy, it, it, it is, comes as a shock. It just wakes you up. And for the, that's minimal, certainly, compared to this. But we, we kind of can see, uh, feel. We can empathize with, boy, what those shepherds went through. And that glorious message being brought to them. The word of God being given in that form through angelic voices. And proclaiming that unto you is born a Savior. One who would die on the cross of Calvary for their sins, our sins. Paying the penalty that they could not. All of that is wrapped up in the simple proclamation. And so therefore it is a great microcosm of the Christian life. Because there is a time in our life where we came to hear the proclamation. I am a sinner. I deserve hell. And yet God in heaven, Emmanuel, came to dwell among us and ended up by his own free will and choice on the cross of Calvary to die for you and I. Hey, I'll tell you, that is sheer shock when we first come to understand it. That God in heaven would come for such a sinner as I. And that is really what we see. And so uh, this morning, we want to kind of parallel the journey of the shepherds We are invited, we are encouraged, we are exhorted to come and see. Look at verse 15. To come and see. Notice it. Verse 15. We left off with verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Much like the shepherds in the life of of a believer, one who becomes a believer, we must first come and see. This news flash that interrupted their normal evening's programming had gotten their attention. It had captured their attention. 
And as a group, these shepherds, again, we don't know how many there were, and this group of shepherds decided to go and see this thing that God had made known unto them, as even they said. The options were many. They could have ignored it. They, they could have said, you know, let's not tell anybody about this. And oh, Maybe it's a bad dream. Maybe it's a not, however, they, they could have ran the other direction. Scared. Uh, angels had not been appearing <laughs> for a long, long time. Even prophets had not been around. They could have simply dismissed it. They, he got, they got the wrong group of, uh, of shepherds. It's not really for us. But they didn't. You know what they did? They decided, just as every person must do for themselves, to come and see. To consider. To observe these things that they had heard, that had been shared with them, that they had been confronted with. They, uh, there's no harm in looking. And so even this morning, may I invite you to come and to look into Jesus Christ this morning. To come and see. Consider his story that he wants to be your story. The shepherds did. Though unbelievable and how it played out in front of them and before them, they responded to the truth revealed to them, allowing their faith to become sight on the journey that they took to the place where Jesus was laid. But let's acknowledge this morning that many have heard the invitation. Many of us have even shared it as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And maybe you here today, you have heard the invitation from God in heaven to come and see. And yet, though we might hear it, there are many that refuse to come and see, to come and consider. To even see what this Bible is all about. To even consider what this message called the, the gospel, the good news of, of Jesus Christ is really all about. For some, they, they have decided it's not for them. They, they have decided that this, this couldn't be true. It, it's too fantastical or some, it's too simple or it seems too easy. It, it, it just seems like it's, it, this couldn't be real. And, and let's step back a moment. Let's Let's take in the whole story that you and I have come to, to see. And it does, in some ways, sound rather fantastical, doesn't it? That each one of us are a sinner doomed for hell. And that God in heaven, a, a perfect God, a holy God, a righteous God, an omniscient God, an omnipotent God, a, a God indescribable in many ways, beyond our comprehension, that that God in heaven came to earth to limit himself in the form of mankind, to, to be born in a manger of all places, to eventually die a death upon the cross of Calvary, a sinner's death, though he was not a sinner. And yet... He willingly was nailed to that cross to pay a penalty that was ours rightfully. And that through simple faith, simple crying out to him in faith and trust as our Savior, each person must and can gain heaven and lose hell. It is a fantastical story. And if it weren't true, we would say that's a thing of dreams. It, it can't be reality. But praise be to God, it is the story of Christmas. And he wants it to be your story. He wants it to be my story. That we ourselves would come to see the truth. For some, this story is hard to swallow. As it must have been those first few moments for those shepherds. 
forgive me in my simplistic juvenile mind. I like to think of what, when the angels disappeared and darkness came. And do you think one looked at the other and said, uh, "What just happened?" I, I, could you imagine the awkwardness? And oh boy, <laughs> was I the only one that? <laughs> those first few minutes, you have to admit that any human being in that position would be like, man, is this real? Is this real? And so you and I, when we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we first were told this fantastical story that parallels very much what the the angel said to those shepherds, is this real? That God in heaven would die for me? To which the response is, Why don't you join the shepherds and come and see? Come and see. And so they went. Oh, they may have considered it and talked about it. But they went and saw. And so, friend, today, could I implore you, could I challenge you to come and see, come and hear of this, this baby, this Christ child, this Savior of the world, the one who loves you more than any other, the one who died for you. Follow the shepherds this morning to the manger in their journey to Bethlehem. Look at verse 16. It tells us, as they went to see, this is what they found in verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. See, first we must come and see, and then second we must taste and see. Taste and see. We don't know how long their search was. This is one of the nuances of Scripture we love to allow our imagination to run with. As they entered Bethlehem, how many places did they go? We don't know how many inns there may have been in Bethlehem. And so in their search, we don't know how long it took them, but I truthfully believe that God guided their footsteps, that God directed them, that he helped them to define and to search. Why do you say that, Pastor Henry? Because our God is a God of promises. And in Psalms chapter uh, there, 29, verse 13, he promised this, and ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah, excuse me, not Psalm, Jeremiah 29, 13. You'll find me if you seek me. So I believe that there they were. I don't know how long that search was, but eventually they found Mary and and Joseph. They found that in, and maybe they turned a corner, and they came, and all of a sudden, they maybe they hear the the ooing and aahing of a baby. Maybe maybe they see two parents standing over just a a, a small package in, in, in the mom's hand, and they come, and you can imagine the excitement that built in their heart. You can imagine just the, the, boy, that, again, the adrenaline rush of, wait a second, is this it? Did we find him? Is this it? And then they take a little bit more of a moment. As their excitement was overflowing, they, they began to take in the scene before them and, and their hearts beating rapidly. They, they noticed, wait, that babe is wrapped in swaddling clothes. And wait, there's the manger. And all of a sudden, the very signs that the angels spoke of uh, present themselves in an undeniable way, and they find out simply, wait a minute, it's true. What those angels said is true, that everything they described about this Christ child, this baby, it is true. It is a word from God. It is the truth of God. And in that moment, can I tell you, a great change likely took place. As they considered Christ, their hearts were convinced 
the words of the angels, the words of the prophets that they had heard from being young children, and the love of God found their fulfillment in this remarkable future Savior of the world. One moment. It took them coming and seeing first. And now they came and they took it all in. Literally, we might say that they tasted of it. See, no more were they just observers sitting in the back and just taking it. I'm going to check this out for myself. No, they had seen for themselves. They had found the Christ child and he was everything that they had been told that he was. In that moment, they had gone from coming and seeing to tasting and seeing. They knew what the psalmist spoke of. You know it well. Psalm 34 and verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you taste? Well, the rest of the verse tells us Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Trust in him. Taste and see that he is good. Oh, but friend, that's a personal decision. It was for these shepherds to go from coming and and seeing to spiritually tasting and seeing. To taste of faith. Now, verse 20, I believe, verse 20 in this chapter gives us a glimpse into the hearts of these shepherds. See, for them, nothing was ever going to be the same. Now they were personally involved in this story. This story of this bay, the the proclamation that was given had become their story. Notice it, verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Verse 17, we'll see it in a moment. They, they, They shared the news abroad. Their lives had changed. They had now been involved in the story. You'll forgive me, I, 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 understand that the picture here is is simple notice it um we see that god desires for a similar verse to be written about you in his story he wants all to irrevocably irreversibly be involved and committed to what we see to what we taste as good See, we said it was a microcosm of the Christian life because it moves from just coming and saying, okay, I hear that I'm a sinner, that I am deserving of a place called hell, and and there's a Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for me. He was born in that manger to end up at Calvary. And so I'll I'll see if this is true. I'll I'll come and search. I'll, I'll come and find. And we come to that moment in our lives where, praise be to God, He finds us and we find Him. And we taste and see that He is good. In that moment that our heart is convicted, that moment that our heart is changed, and we are brought to a realization that I am in desperate need of a Savior, that this Savior has done all that I ever need for someone to do for me to gain heaven, and we put our faith and trust in Him. Forgive me, again, I jumped the gun a second ago, but forgive me, it's an illustration I've used before, but I think it it is appropriate here. There's a fable about a chicken and a pig. It goes something like this. A chicken wants to open a restaurant with a pig. Pig asks, what are we going to serve? Chicken says, ham and eggs, of course. The pig replies, no thanks. You might be involved, but I would be seriously committed. Silly illustration. True. Pig is given a lot more than that chicken ever did. Can I tell you right now that that is exactly what God wants for you and I? To come and see, but not leave it there. Not, not just be an observer. Not, not just be someone who says, yeah, I know there's a Savior. I know there's Jesus Christ. And, and I celebrate the babe in a manger on a Christmas. And yeah, I know all that. No, He wants you to come and taste. 
taste and see that the Lord is good. That's how the story goes. And yet the the great travesty, the, 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 the great tragedy is that too many come to the manger. They know the name and story of Jesus Christ, but they sit back and they don't personally taste and see that the Lord is good. They don't put their trust in Him. Uh, spiritually tasting. Could I challenge you this morning? Don't be that person this Christmas. Don't be a mere observer. If you have yet to put your faith and trust in Christ as your personal Savior, don't leave the manger side this morning without tasting and seeing that God is good. But can I say this? Sadly, there is also this Christmas many believers, Christians, who need to come back and find Jesus Christ in the manger again. To come and see, to be reminded of what they once had tasted and seen. How you found that Jesus Christ is everything the Word of God proclaimed Him to be. Get your taste back. Hey, there's at least one Christian here, no doubt. One believer who needs to sense once again the excitement, the overwhelming amazement there in that stable so very long ago. The amazement of who Jesus Christ is to be affected by the very person of Christ. Hey friend, this morning, have you ever tasted of Jesus Christ? Have you ever found Him to be just as the Bible declares Him to be? Have you put us, your faith and trust in Him as your Savior? And I'm no angel. No pun intended. But I am passionately, with all my heart, inviting you to come and see and then to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. This Christmas. You see, there might also be the fact that you will find that as he declares himself to be, the Bible declares him to be, he is the bread of life. He is the water of life. He is the manna from heaven that offers life evermore. But maybe there's a Christian here too. And if you were honest, this Christmas, your heart needs a return trip to the manger. Your taste has left you. You're in need of tasting the Lord and finding Him as good as ever. You know it. The Lord knows it. Your heart has grown cold. Your relationship with Him is anemic. It's unhealthy. But He calls you to come and find Him, to be excited once again by what you find. Here's how we know if our hearts have grown cold, because the shepherd's story doesn't end there. God wants it to continue. Look at verse 17 with me, if you will. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Notice it. First, we must come and see. Secondly, we must taste and see. And then thirdly, the shepherds demonstrate for us the next step. We must go and help others see. We must go and help others see. We are told they left the very presence of that babe, Christ Jesus. They shared these things. They had come to notice it. They had come to know. It's not just things they've heard. It's not uh, things that, that uh, just, uh, I heard that. No, things that they have known, experienced, tasted. The joy was evident. The life-changing event was all they could think about. It was the all-encompassing topic of their conversations with complete strangers. 
Man, what a transformation had occurred in the life of the shepherds from the moment before the angel and then the other angels appeared before them to now in this moment. What a change has come about. You see, those who had been absorbed in their routine watching of the sheep on a night like any others had been drastically changed. They had found Christ to be all that the angels said He would be, and now they did not set out to simply go back to the hills and watch their sheep. If that was the case, we would say that they didn't move beyond coming and seeing. That they had never found Christ, that they had never tasted spiritually of the truth of who He is. Think of it. What if I told you this morning, I said, hey, folks, I, I need to be honest with you as a church family. There, I have a confession I need to make, and it is a serious confession. I have misled you. I have deceived you in a monumental way. See, all those times over the last six and a half years that I, that I have spoke of the thrill of Dr. Pepper. It's wonderful taste. It's thirst-quenching ability. Its description as heavenly nectar. I did so having never tasted Dr. Pepper for myself. You say, Pastor Henry, well, you would probably say something your faces say right now. You're a quack. Why? Oh, because that's ludicrous. No one ever speaks of and no one tells you, oh, you've got to try this. Have you tried it? No. You don't do that. That's, that's abnormal. In fact, we would put it this way if we could sum it up. It's a common, understood fact that normally we will only speak of and promote something that we ourselves have tasted and found as good. There is a myriad of foods and beverages that I have never pushed individually, corporately. I've shared with these ages to try This is the most one. I've, because I've never tried them. I've never tasted them. Now, can I tell you, think of it. You know why the shepherds went away from that presence of the Lord telling everybody my friend they had tasted and seen that the Lord is good and Jesus Christ was everything those angels said he was that what prophets wrote in Isaiah 9 6 we read a moment ago Wait a minute. Isaiah was right he was born unto us and he is here today Emmanuel God with us is here so can I tell you now listen carefully the best test as to whether or not the best test as to whether or not you and I have spiritually tasted and seen that the Lord is good is whether you and I act like the shepherds. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them. Concerning who? This child. Now here's what I think is one of the neatest pictures of this as it is a microcosm of the Christian life as I believe it to be. Verse 18 tells us what? Well, their words, their testimony, they caused wonder in the hearts and minds of those that are. What does that mean? Hey, hey, give you a little taste for it. Hey, come and see and, and hey, hey, think about this for a moment. This is the greatest story ever told, and, and it created a little taste in them. Hey, you ever, maybe today it's going to happen when you gather together with a family, you walk in the house and your, your nose catches just a whiff of something. Ooh, that smells good. And boy, you want to taste it, and you use Christmas as your reason to get off your diet. 
to eat what you shouldn't eat more of that than you should. Hey, you get a little taste for it. Someone gives you a little nibble. Oh, that's delicious. Is there more of that? That's what this is speaking of. Now get it. Catch it. They shared it. They showed a little wonder. Hey, in the hearts. They created wonder in the hearts and minds of those they heard. Now get this. I think this is tremendous. What happens? It means that the cycle started all over again. In those people. I wonder if what those shepherds said were true. I wonder if there's a babe somewhere around here that, is, that, that, that these angels talked about. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us, but do you think Mary and Joseph had a few more visitors? Why? Shepherds came and saw. They tasted and saw that this is real. Christ, this is the Savior. And then they went and they helped others see. It came to the point where they understood that the cycle starts again. The story was being added to. Now listen to me. It was their turn. Those people's turn to come and see, to taste and see, to go and help others see. And that is the beauty. This is the the great delight of the Christmas story. It didn't end that night with the shepherds. It it was only the beginning. It doesn't end uh, December 26th on Tuesday. We're not done with the Christmas story. It doesn't end with Christmas is done being celebrated. It keeps on going on. It is truly the never-ending story. Because you know what God wants today? Someone added to the story. Someone tasted, tasting and see that the Lord is good. He wants you and I, those who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, He wants us to go help others see. Create a little wonder in their hearts. You know, you can create a little wonder. I, I love some of the Christmas tracks we have. They're very festive looking, and I like how they say Merry Christmas to you. And you can create a little wonder in someone's mind and heart by just handing them a track. It, it, just a little wonder. Hey, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Come and see. Come and see. Come and taste. We're called to come and help others. So, what's today's takeaway what does god want the refresher we've enjoyed this morning of the christmas story to do for us well we would put it this way if you are saved it's an invitation to assess whether you have lost your taste for the lord hey believer are you acting like the shepherds in verse 17 and verse 20 daily making him known abroad to cause wonder in others Daily praising and glorifying God as you go about your day. Why? Because you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You have found everything that the Bible says about God to be true. And now you can't help but daily go out and praise and glorify Him. Or believer, are you silent? Are you quiet about it all? Like you've never been to the manger. Like you've never found these things to be true. You, you've never really tasted and seen. You're living in silence. Your co-workers would never know. Your family members might never know. Those around you, they may never sense that you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. If you're here this morning and you are uncertain of where you will spend eternity, it's an invitation to come and see. To consider Christ and all the Bible declares Him to be, especially as your Savior, the one who died for you. Then come and taste and see. See that He is worthy of being trusted with your life, your eternity, that He is worthy of accepting the free gift of salvation. My friend, 
God's will, as we saw last Sunday morning. The will of God is that not any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Those angels were in the night sky, and the one angel specifically first, he gave the invitation to come and see. And that invitation has not ended. If anything, it's gotten greater and wider and broader. That whosoever, that all should come. So that in turn, then you too can proclaim His name, creating the wonder in the hearts of those you know. Just a moment, we'll start what we call an invitation. And I want, you to invite, I want to invite you to come and see, to, to walk down an aisle. We'll take the Scriptures and we'll help you find Jesus. We'll, we'll, we'll help you see and taste that He is good. We'll, we'll show you what the Bible says all about Him. You'll find that to be 100% true. And He can be your Savior as you come to put your faith and trust in Him. But here's my question as we're done. Let's take something with us as we say today's takeaway. But um, the question is this. Listen carefully. I Forgive my... Um, imagination but um, it's good to have imagination isn't it but think of it this way we don't know as I've mentioned already several times we don't know how many shepherds were there what if there was just one who, who, who sat there and the angels appeared and he's like no way no way <laughs> this, this is too crazy you guys you go off on your wild hunt and you try to find the little babe in a manger in all of Bethlehem yeah right I'm not going to waste my time I'm going to watch this see that, that's crazy you guys go waste your time he heard the invitation and he observed that for sure but he didn't go is that you this morning are, are you simply an observer You've heard this story before. You've heard the invitation. I've gotten up here. You've heard it from my mouth. You've heard it from others. And they told you, hey, you've got to trust in Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And yet you just, I, I know the story. Hey, I've heard that before, but no, no. Would you today taste and see that the Lord is good? maybe you've taken it a step farther and, and maybe there's, there's a shepherd who went and, and he went with them and he, he finally found them. He's maybe standing in the background and, and uh, possibly we get to heaven and we find out, oh yeah, there was, there's more shepherds there, but this shepherd, he, he saw. So in a sense, he was a participant, but he, he was a passive participant. Because he came and he took it all in and he, he, he understood the wonder and the amazement of the moment, but he just soaked it in, and, but he went straight back home. And he really hadn't affected him that much. And he would be what we would simply call a passive participant. As some Christians are today. 2017 is about the end and God forbid there may be some of us that have not shared the story of Jesus Christ. His story, my story. I've not invited someone to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. But praise be to God, we have the story of these shepherds who were what we recall the desired active participants. They came and saw. They tasted and saw that the Lord is good. They found Him to be exactly what the angels claimed him to be. And then praise be to God, they went out and what they do? They created wonder in the hearts and minds of others. 
See, you and I are not called to save other people. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's God's job. But you and I are caused, called to leave a good taste in their mouth, to create a little wonder so that they, in response to the Holy Spirit's wooing, come and taste that the Lord is good. What are you this morning, friend? Father, I thank you for your word. I'm grateful for the truths of this story. And Lord, as we see it anew, and Father, though familiar, it holds so much for us, so much challenge, so much exhortation. And so, Lord, I pray that this morning that you would help us, Lord, that you would challenge us where we are. Lord, I don't know where each person is here today. I, I don't know the one who has yet to put their faith and trust in you that has not tasted and seen that you are indeed good. And so, Father, I pray that this moment, even as I pray to you, that you would work in hearts, that you would convict, that you would help them to, to slip out in a moment and then come and let us take your word and show them how they can be saved. Come to find Christ, to taste spiritually, to trust in you. And Father, you again know the hearts of your children, the Christians here before me, the believers. Lord, you know those who need to come back to this manger and gain the taste and excitement again. Father, you know the ones whose hearts are cold. And this Christmas, they need to feel the warmth of tasting you once again. Trusting you for life. Trusting you by, day by day and Father, that many of us, maybe we are certainly saved, but Father, we have tasted and yet we fail to follow the example of these shepherds in going and creating wonder, daily glorifying and praising you in front of others. And so, Lord, convict us of that this morning. Help us to get it right. And I pray that every time we hear this Christmas story, we would act or ask ourselves, who am I? My observer passive participant or am i an active participant lord convict us speak to us and then father grant us the grace and strength to do what we need to do may we willingly respond in this moment with heads bowed and eyes closed i'll ask you to join me in standing all across the auditorium